0: Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious.
1: Hello and welcome to another issue of Marvelicious Toys. This is
2: Marjorie. This is Arnie the Cooler. (laughs) And this is Justin. It feels like so long since we've done a show. It feels like it's been a while. It really does. It's because Marjorie and I went to the Pacific Northwest for our 10th wedding anniversary, so we recorded our last show a little bit earlier than normal, and because of that... There has been just a ton of store finds that came, it seemed like right after we recorded the last show, they all started.
3: Yep. And the way it always is, though, it's like we get we get a show in the can and the next thing you know, the stores start to fill up.
2: Guess there's more time to take pictures of it, right? Isn't that how it works? Oh, wait, no, we <laughs> procrastinate and then do it on the last day. What's this yeah. be,
1: Tiger?
3: <laughs> <laughs> in theory, yes, we should have more time to take pictures. <laughs>
2: The cool thing about going to Seattle is while we were up there, it was not entirely Marvel-free time. It was mostly Marvel-free.
1: (laughs) kind of, sort of, in a way.
2: We did see the Avengers on a real IMAX.
1: And that was kind of fun, except it was really hot and full of
2: people. It was still sold out. This was over two weeks it had been out. Every showing was sold out. We had to buy tickets in advance, but we got to see it. On the giant 120 foot screen
1: i kind of got kind of queasy from parts of it that were fast moving because it was so huge and i just don't do well with it with my eyes
3: yeah imaxes are really big and there's there's only a sweet spot in that theater where the viewing angle is proper everywhere else is a neck ache because you're looking up and looking over We,
1: we sat in the very back in the middle Like the last row, like literally you could look over behind where our heads were resting and you could see straight down to the floor.
3: That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, we probably had some of the best seats in the house, but it was still very big because this is a real IMAX. A lot of those IMAXs out there, they say IMAX, but they kind of meet. The minimum definition is like, what do you call the guy who graduates last at medical school? Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like that with IMAX. You got to really hit a museum or something to see a really big one. We got that. We got a couple of the collector's cups that they had, because our theater didn't get the character soda cups.
1: Yeah. And this was at the Pacific Science Theater Center Theater, and it was pretty cool. They had a little tiny concession stand and a tent. And I was able to buy the cups without getting popcorn and soda, which is nice. So that means they're non-soiled.
3: Nice. Oh, okay. You're talking about the black plastic ones, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Those are the ones that I get in the theater that I always go to. They always have some promotion for some movie going on with these cups. And this is the first time I've ever kept one because I have, I have a Twilight one floating around somewhere. We have you know Pirates of the Caribbean. So I was I was excited to see that Avengers, something I actually was into was finally making its way into these cups along with Scarjo's buns.
2: She's pretty hot.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean Avengers is everywhere. It's on cups, it's on a million things we're talking about. I mean, it has broken so many box office records. It is by the time our listeners are listening to this, the number one superhero film of all time and the number three film of all time domestic. Nice. What's that behind, then? Titanic and Avatar. And I just don't see it beating either one of those because it'll need another $100 for Titanic. Well,
1: and here's the thing to think about. The people that saw Titanic and Avatar probably have no desire to see Avengers, like my parents. It
2: could beat Titanic Possibly if Prometheus doesn't pull in a lot of box office, because it did make forty million this past weekend and Prometheus, you need to
1: be worried about Piranha three D that's coming out.
2: <laughs> oh, I am worried about it. Believe you me. I'm worried about how many times I can see that in theaters. I know.
3: <laughs> you have a very small window of opportunity, sir. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but until Amazing Spider-Man, I don't see it having a whole lot of competition. And Spider Man kind of feels like the film getting lost in all of this, because we've got The Dark Knight Rises on the horizon. There's a lot of trailers for it out there. There's some buzz. There've been some San Diego Comic-Con exclusives announced. There's Avengers, which just is a juggernaut that scared G.I. Joe into next year.
1: Oh, yeah, they should
2: be scared. (laughs) (laughs) And Spider-Man's kind of feeling like the bug getting squished in the middle. I'll tell you personally, not
3: to turn this into a movie review podcast, but after Avengers... Showed us, moviegoers, that a comic movie can be both fun, serious, dramatic, and just all around good. I feel like Dark Knight now, even though I'm excited to see it and I've been excited to see it, I feel like my excitement for it is somewhat waning a little bit now that I've seen Avengers because Dark Knight is so dark. There was a big rush after the first Batman movie came out to start making all these darker type of movies but spider-man after seeing that four minute trailer looks like it might have a little bit more of the avengers type of fun mixed into it than than you can expect out of dark Knight. so i'm starting to get a little bit excited about the amazing spider-man
2: more than i thought i would be i am too it helps that the toys are hitting which we will be talking about in just a little bit but it is getting me more excited plus it's spider-man We're getting ready to gear up for the Spider-Man retrospective over at Now Playing, so I'm watching all the old ones, the 70s TV stuff, so I'm kind of in Spider-Man land, so it's helping to get me hyped in a way that the marketing hasn't yet done.
1: And I think your guys' generation, particularly of males, have a special place in your heart for Spider-Man.
3: Very true. I mean, we grew up with them on the electric company. Yeah. And in cartoons. He's just been ubiquitous.
1: My brother's four years younger than me, and he always watched Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends or whatever that show was.
2: I'm three years older than your brother, and I always watched Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Yeah, I still watch Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Blu-ray for Avengers was announced, and a lot of the things that I speculated would be on it when we did our last show talking about it and when I did the Now Playing Review are on there, the extended scene that will finally tell us why Harry Dean Stanton is in the movie. It's also got more with Nick Fury and the Security Council, more with Maria Hill, so there's going to be some great bonus features on there, plus, of course, commentary, and a new one-shot short movie coming out in Blu-ray, and 3D Blu-ray, which of course will be the one I get, but it's too late for my birthday, it's coming out September 25th. Damn you, two weeks too late. You
1: can still get it. It's not like you won't ever get it. we will probably be at Walmart, Target, or Best Buy, wherever the exclusive is. Because <laughs> there's going to be an exclusive.
3: <laughs> just get an early birthday present. Or is it after your birthday is what you're saying?
2: It's after, two weeks after.
3: Oh, uh, well, just be a good boy and you get a late birthday present.
2: But in addition to the DVD, the Blu-ray, and the 3D Blu-ray, all of which, of course, have different cover art and the 3D Blu-ray the best package has the art we've seen so often as to be sick of now, there is just announced a 10-disc Avengers box set.
1: 10 discs. Is it all the Avenger movies leading up to the Avengers movie?
2: Yes, on regular DVD and then the ones that came in 3D, 3D DVD, six movies.
3: Ooh, in case you haven't been
2: buying them as they come out already.
1: This is a little excessive, don't you think?
2: I instantly pre-ordered.
1: Of course you did. Is this a surprise to anybody?
2: Now, I already have Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man. So I already have seven of the ten discs. But I was going to get the 3D Blu-ray of Avengers anyway. And the MSRP on the set is $220. I went ahead and ordered at Amazon for $153. But Amazon has that great thing where if the price ever dips lower... I get the lowest price from the time I've pre-ordered till the time it ships.
1: And you're likely to get it a little bit lower based on other sales because Amazon usually price drop and lower
2: it. And they're just teasing us right now, but it looks like it comes in a briefcase like what the Terrasect was kept in.
1: That's kind of cool.
2: It also has a bonus disc which they're implying is exclusive to the 10-disc set called the Phase 1 Archives because all the movies Iron Man 1 through Avengers, they consider Marvel Studios Phase 1, and it has exclusive memorabilia from the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: What could that be?
2: I don't know, but right now you can only pre-order from Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and Barnes & Noble being a bookstore, I'm not sure they'll still be open when this comes out (laughs) in September, so I pre-ordered it. How much is it? $220, 220 but I paid 153 Here's my thinking. They're going to reveal more details as we get closer, and if they're not $150 cool, I can always cancel. But they have said this is going to be a very limited set. They have not given an edition size. But my fear is that they'd sell out before the fact, which has happened with things like Star Wars The Old Republic, the collector's edition, being how big Avengers is, being a billion dollars worldwide big, I'd rather have my pre-order in and guaranteed and cancel it later because Amazon, they don't take non-refundable deposits. That's true. But let's move away from the discs and into... The Spectacular Store Report. Like I said, I cannot escape the Avengers anywhere. Not that I necessarily would want to, but I'm going to the grocery store to pick things up. There's a giant Avengers display of Dr. Pepper.
1: (laughs) One of my employees had bought a bunch of soda for her son's graduation party, and she was trying to foist full and empty cans of the Avengers cola on me for you. And I told her we can't go down that path. But she's like, look, it's Hulk, and he's cute.
2: You told me about this as if I would want used soda cans. Oh, no,
1: she gave full soda, too. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's no better, because they leak. I told her that, and she's like, well, I'm going to wash them out.
2: <laughs> How's she going to wash them out if they're full? I'm well, confused gonna by empty, this whole she's thing. she's
1: going to empty them and then wash them, because her and her
2: husband are collecting them, too. I don't want them. I just don't want to do that. But now they're selling dog tags, including holographic dog tags at the checkout at Target. They've got kid shoes. Marjorie, you mentioned you found some bracelets.
1: Yeah, you know those, like, rubber bracelets? The ones that...
2: Are you talking like buddy bands like they sold on Saved by the Bell? No,
1: you know like those ones (laughs) like the Livestrong bracelet, those
2: rubbery ones? Oh, yeah, yeah, the ones that eat through my flesh.
1: I also have an allergic reaction to those.
2: Those are the ones that make my arms swell up like sausages. Yeah, and they make me look like I've been attacked by a zombie.
1: Yeah. Anyway, at Walmart, they had a big display on a Disney princess display, no less, with Marvel rubber bands, and then they had charms you could put on the rubber bands. They had regular Marvel, like it was Wolverine, Hulk, and Spidey, and then they had Avengers themed, and the Avengers ones were two packs.
3: Interesting.
1: I will not be buying any as the caustic nature of them.
3: (laughs) You never know. They could be, you know, higher quality Chinese rubber.
2: (laughs) Plus, they're just that generic clip art. It's not like you're getting anything special that we haven't seen a million other times. Scarjo in her kicking pose and hold But they cut off the bottom of her body and it looks kind of funny. I was surprised cuz I was at Walmart and they had huge poster displays and you know that VR app that allows you to take a picture with like a superimposed character? The one I can never get to work? Yeah, that one. Yeah. It looked <laughs> it course. looked neat.
3: I installed it and I tried launching it and all it does is stay on that screen for the entire time.
2: Oh, it takes a long time to load, even on a 4S, but they actually, if you want to practice with it, sell the posters that will activate that app now. Huh. They have Hulk, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor for $5 a poster, and you can hang it up anywhere you want, and then pull out that app and make the character go there, so you no longer have to pose just in a Walmart. You
3: can do it in the privacy of your own bedroom. There was no ScarJo one. Uh, all of a sudden, less fun for the bedroom. Very much so. You can <laughs> do it in the privacy of your own front yard now if you like kids.
2: But there were a ton of posters. There's a huge poster display at Walmart's for the poster collectors full of Avengers posters and a ton of amazing Spider-Man posters. And they even had huge like, door posters and mural posters of Avengers characters and Spider-Man climbing a wall and things, all for 5 or $8 at Walmart. Not bad,
3: not bad. But you know Me. I get hyped about something, and I go right for the toys. Like All that other stuff to me is just kind of noise. I dig it. I love looking at it. I love that it's there, and I love knowing that it's helping drive the popularity or maybe reflecting the popularity of the series. But for me, it's it's about the toys. And as far as Avengers go, it has been slow at regular retail.
2: I agree. I've honestly stopped looking. I glance as I walk past. Nope, still no... Thor number six without a helmet and just move right on down the line.
1: Does that figure even exist? Because I also check every time I go.
2: I I have had not heard
3: any confirmation if he actually exists yet or not. So he may or may not, but I have yet to see any confirmation of that. But, you know, there's been a few tricklings of things going on that gives me hope and has made me hit Walmarts like a crazy person over the last couple of weeks. Just futilely is the only problem. Because some people are finding the six-inch Marvel Legends-style Avenger figures.
2: Including our own Jerry in Cincinnati teasing us with text messages. Hey, guys, look what I found. One of. (laughs) Threw me into a panic. (laughs) Me too. I've been to so many Walmarts, people think I work there.
1: (laughs) Then yesterday you went to Target wearing a maroon shirt and khaki pants.
3: (laughs) Excuse me, sir, could you help me? Sorry, sorry, I know I'm wearing a red shirt and khakis at Target, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did I did have a little glimmer of hope, because I did finally come across one single six-inch figure, and I found the Captain America, which, you know, not the one that I was looking most forward to, but I'm glad to have it. But it's really the Hawkeye and the Loki and the Hulk that I'm
2: really looking forward to. Yeah, I know Scott from Tulsa found the Hulk, and, you know, sent us a tweet. I have a Hulk. (laughs) I think it has to sting to find Captain America, though, because when I go and I find just one, that just means you're just like 10 minutes too late. And if I'd just gotten off my butt 10 minutes earlier.
3: Exactly. It's not even like a a consolation prize. It's more of a. I kind of wish I didn't know that these were here. I'd rather just thought that they were never here and gone about being ignorant to the fact.
2: I agree with you. I... Being the cooler that I am, hit all of our stores and then I'm like, well, let's see what's going on online for these. Hmm. And I hit eBay. Hawkeye alone is in the $50 to $70 range. Yikes. The others aren't so much. Hawkeye appears to be the top seller from that series. So I saw that Big Bad Toy Store was pre-selling a full set of six. And so I went to check that out. They were pre-sold out at $200 a set. For six
3: figures. Whoa. (sighs) This is one that I can't fault anybody for going online because, you know, experience wants me to tell you, slow down. They're going to show up. It's early. There's only been a few sightings here and there. Not all Walmarts have gotten them. They're not fully through the distribution. But at the same time, something scares me. Something about how many Thor figures were left over, you know, and put on clearance that maybe makes me think Hasbro might have dialed back the quantity on these. And they may become great white buffaloes that we never see at the store.
2: I wonder about some of the harder to find characters, at least in our area, bearded Thor sold through fast. And I know a friend of ours, Chris, I helped out by getting one of the bearded Thors for him because he never saw it up in the Chicago area. So the movie Thors stuck around, but that bearded comic Thor moved pretty fast. These I could see again. The Hawkeye and some of the other characters becoming harder to find. I do think you'll see them. In fact, the cooler can pretty much bless all listeners with finding these because I took care of this. It's okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as soon as I found out that you had done that, I planned a good late-night toy run.
2: So (laughs) you will find them all (laughs) and spares to boot. (laughs) I'll
3: find a whole pallet full of them.
2: (laughs) You're welcome.
3: Thanks, cooler. Cooler.
2: They look like good figures, though. That's what got me, is these figures look really good. I like the three and three quarter inch figures, but these six inch figures just really look badass. And the fact that they're doing six of them, a good assortment of characters that even though there's quite a few repaints in here, that they're trying to be the movie accurate line across the board with the Iron Man Mark Six and the Hulk and the Hawkeye, the accessories that come with them. This looks like some of the best non-Legend six-inch figures Hasbro has done.
3: Yeah, I mean, just, just going by the one that I do have, the cap, I'm really, really impressed with it. The color is a little, a little bright. The blue is a little bit on the... On the brighter side and the red's a little bright but that's that's compared to the three and three quarter inch action figure and i'm not sure which one is more accurate but it's still an incredible sculpt and they did something new with the shield for once on this one if you when you finally get your hands on it you'll be kind of impressed instead of having the little ring thing that they've had on some of them or the straps on them they have undoable straps that you can actually take out and add the little peg notches in it so you can adjust them to put over his shoulder or have them hold it like a regular shield. So I thought that was a little bit of a neat little touch that they didn't necessarily have to do because they've done so many cap shields over the last year or so that they could have just grabbed one and popped it in there.
2: The one thing that's kind of bumming me out is that they're not doing a Chitari though. I really think that with them being the primary grunt bad guy of the movie, I realize it's a totally new sculpt and they have to start over and do some tooling, but I would have liked to have seen a Chitari in this line.
3: Yeah, I'd like to think that they have enough legs to do two rounds, because it'd be really neat to get a a nice Black Widow in this set, too. But, you know, don't know that that's going to happen. And a Mark VII Iron Man would be cool, too.
2: But moving down in size from 6-inch to 4-inch, Avengers Wave 3 figures are starting to hit Walmarts as well, according to reports, including from our photo editor, Jeff, who, with his daughter, found... A scrawl and a Hawkeye, but that Black Widow, she's one per case. That's why I pre-ordered a case of these. If I'm lucky enough to find them at Walmart before Entertainment Earth ships, I'll cancel the order. But I sleep better at night knowing that order is out there.
3: Yep, you'll have at least one because that will be the new Sif. And you know, I've heard I've heard Toys R Us are starting to get them. And actually, just this afternoon, I stopped by my Toys R Us and I had just missed them because somebody left. And this is, this is a good Constellation Prize. Somebody left the comic series Scroll Soldier there for me, so I was pretty excited about finding that. Nice. How is it? He looks pretty sweet. I'll say this, he looks way better than the Marvel Universe version that we got a couple years ago.
2: And eventually we're supposed to be getting a Chitauri deluxe figure with the chariot, right? Yeah, that flying thing. Yes. And no one is enthralled with them. I do like them. I would like some for the Avengers figures to fight, because otherwise all you can do is restage the we're sitting around a table scene. The shawarma scene? Yeah, the shawarma (laughs) scene. I am doing that. I will have a Middle Eastern restaurant diorama. Oh,
3: boy. No, but I feel you there, Marjorie, too, because it's like as much as, you know, I'd be excited to see one and pick it up. I'm not super duper looking forward to it, because it kind of feels like this line's version of the Frost Giants which are just still everywhere. I was excited about them the first time I saw them, and then they were everywhere all the time, and still.
2: I think I want them because we don't have them, and because I know they're coming in the Marvel Select line, and Hasbro has just become so tight-lipped lately. There's no press releases. There's no product photography. We only know about stuff when we see case assortments on Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store, or they just are found somewhere in China, and we read about it online. So having no sightings of this or the helicarrier makes me wonder what the helicarrier is going on. (laughs) Well,
3: and then they end up shipping things that, you know, we weren't necessarily that aware of, like the four packs that our people are finding, which I think you end up finding at Walmart, didn't you? The exclusive four packs?
2: I did. I was able to find both of these relatively easily, but just one set of each and I gotta say I like these sets. I mean, you get four figures per set. There's two sets. They are numbered. They are Walmart exclusives. They are all comic style figures, not movie style, but they're all Avengers and kinda harkens back. I actually for the first time read Avengers number one before the movie came out, and Avengers number one was about all these heroes teaming up against Loki. So you get six or seven Avengers depending on how you want to count, and a Loki in the set.
3: Yeah, and they're packed with you know some hard to find figures from the past i mean you've get this you know the hawkeye that was you know not easy to come by for a while and the loki that the only way you could get it before was packed in with that giant scroll from a couple years ago
2: and the loki's a good figure i love the face on loki it is just so comic booky and wonderful with the chin and the smile
1: he looks demented he really does
2: just
3: like comic loki should
2: <laughs> yeah i I really am a fan of that figure and the wash they've given him and just the look of him and the scales on him. My complaint about Loki is they didn't give him the staff that he usually comes with. All he is is just the figure. And I because he had a staff in the movie, he has a staff he often uses in the comic. I thought they might have thrown that in. Hawkeye, yeah, got another one of him. Happy to get him. It's just a straight repack, but... A nice figure. I think they've sharpened up the paint app a little on him as well. And in that one, we also get... What Iron Man is that with the winged hat?
3: It's like a silver centurion or the centurion kitty cat Iron Man. (laughs) Centurion kitty
2: cat (laughs) Iron Man? From the Iron Man 2 series, a repack of the classic red and gold armor Iron Man with the winged mask. He was wave 2 of Iron Man, figure 28. You want to go back in your reference?
3: No, wait. Is that a repack of the Iron Man 2 figure or the previous release of the Marvel Universe figure? Because they had similar figures in both lines.
2: Ah, it's the Marvel Universe one. He's got a 2011 copyright in his upper thigh.
3: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> That's where it should be? <laughs>
3: That's where I keep mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some repacks in here that aren't all that exciting. But, you know, it could be worse. It could be... Figures that are still sitting on the pegs.
2: True, true. This Iron Man, though, in case you didn't have enough of the Bugle-type accessories, of, <laughs> and I mean Bugle it, like It's the his chip, Horn of
1: Cornucopia.
2: The, the what?
1: Horn of Cornucopia
2: from Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> he's going to put his fruit and veggies in it.
2: Well, this Iron Man comes with two, one for each wrist. <laughs> and that's
3: just two, too many.
2: But that pack that you're talking about, which is pack two, the Avengers comic- collection, comes with the figure that I wanted most out of this, the brand new Hulk figure with the new Hulk body. Yes, finally. And it is glorious. It has a lot of little hash marks in the skin, which are kind of weird. It's supposed to provide texture. They look good because they've painted in them. I think that as they repaint this body and repack this body, I might get tired of those. But this thing can move in so many ways and be posed in so many ways, and hold his balance, he is the definitive Marvel Universe Hulk figure. Nice.
3: I'm glad to hear that. We've been waiting for so long for a great Hulk, and finally, this body's out there. And like you said, he's going to be repainted and rehashed, and we'll be sick of him within a year, but I'm just glad he's finally here. And in his purple pants.
2: My only gripe, because I have to have one... (laughs) is his neck extends at a weird angle, kind of like a Cocker Spaniel or a Doberman. It's not just resting on his shoulders like a human's would. It really jets out. If he was full size, it would jet out a good 12 to 18 inches from his back. Weird. That's, you know, because I think it's because it's that double
3: hinged, you know, neck joint that they used on Planet Hulk and and Scar that just is a little it's a little weird. I mean, I appreciate the extra articulation, but you're right. It looks looks a little elongated.
2: It makes it look like a hunchback. Yeah. But I, if you already have these other figures, I'm not going to say Hulk is worth the price of entry. We're getting him later this year, possibly a slightly different shade of green if the online picks are accurate. But he's co- this body's coming later this year, single carded in green and in an Avengers multi-pack in red, leaving only gray to do.
3: Now, let's talk about the first pack, because I think you took one for the team here by actually purchasing this one. Does this must make the 18th Thor that you have, the 25th Cap, the 95th Iron Man in the Extremis Armor.
2: And the third Black Widow. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, probably like the sixth Black Widow when you count the light-up base figures and everything else. Exactly. With her coming out in
3: that... That Toys R Us light-up base figure, I thought this would have been where we finally saw that blonde version of Black Widow that's been rumored about forever.
2: Oh, she exists. We just can't have her.
3: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the Luke
2: Cage. I did take one for the team in a couple different ways. You know my luck with paint apps, and of course, my cap's face is jacked. Of course it is.
1: He's crying blue. (laughs) It's like he got caught in the rain with cheap mascara. (laughs)
2: <laughs> if I can find another one of these sets, I'm just going to do a cap swap and then return it. Cap swap. <laughs> but it's a good set for those who don't have these figures and what you know, this is absolutely perfect marketing to a new collector or a kid. Now, I don't know about kids. I don't know if kids play with action figures anymore, <laughs> but to a new collector coming on the market who's like, I liked Avengers. I want Avengers figures. This was a good set of repacks. My only gripe is why two Iron Men? Why two Iron Men? Again with the two Iron
3: Men. You know, it seems to be the one that they keep popping out there.
2: Maybe it's because Iron Man is the most popular character. And if you just buy one set, you want an Iron Man. And so rather than overbalance a set, although I think after the movie, if you're just going to buy one set, you want the one with Hulk. Yeah. I
1: think so. But Iron Man is easily customizable too.
2: True. He you...
1: just slaps the paint on him and he's a brand new Iron Man.
2: If you go that way, I think the customizers are the minority though. You don't really...
1: No, I meant it's easy for Hasbro. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: But they didn't even do that. I mean, we got
3: repaints of existing figures here. Or not even repaints, just repacks. So, I suppose they think that's the draw. I mean, that pack is is a little bit a little bit difficult because that Thor is still available on a single card and over at Toys R Us and a light up figure base. And if you don't want that Thor, there's five hundred other Thors in the Thor line. So but I think you're right, Arnie. I think they're trying to catch new fans, you know? People who are just coming on board now. And this is a great way to get caught up. But with that being mixed in and having a brand new Hulk figure, we're gonna have new fans and old fans all looking for that same pack. So I think that one's gonna go first most of the time.
2: Here's what I really give this. Those light up base figures you're talking about over at Toys R Us, those are what, twenty-five apiece for per figure? <laughs> There's seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. They started at twenty-five. I paid twenty-five for Wave One and then they came down. Yeah. These sets, you're getting four figures for twenty-nine ninety nine. Now you're not getting nifty light up bases. But if you're talking about that new collector who wants the Extremis Iron Man or who wants that Thor, if you're not into light-up bases and I'm not, which would you rather get? Thor plus Cat, Black Widow, and Iron Man for 30 bucks, or Thor plus one other figure for 30 bucks?
3: Oh, yeah. It's a way easier purchase. You know, you get them all at once under 30 bucks, which is less than the price of individual figures, just barely, but still less.
2: But yeah, I did pick up both of those, and i got to be honest, I've packed away my figures for moving, and I haven't had a chance to see my Cap and Thor and Black Widow in a while, so they're good sets. I do recommend these while you can find them if you need the figures, but yeah, if you're just one of each loose opener, you don't need these at all.
3: And a lot like the six-inch figures, I feel like those are in the same like truck somewhere on their way to the Walmart distribution center, because... <laughs> They're both pretty scarce right now, but I feel like neither one of those have hit in good numbers around the country yet.
2: But what really has started to hit in good numbers across the country, the dam broke, I think, June 1st, might have been a street date, but Spider-Man exploded all over the place. His webbing is everywhere. You (laughs) walk into any store, you're sticking to it like gum. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but Spider-Man was kind of there already, but the movie figures just made it worse or yeah. better.
2: There was like this brief moment where they clearanced out all the old Spider-Man figures and all the pegs were empty and everything. But then the amazing Spider-Man movie stuff hit. Now, we talked on our very last show that this stuff was starting to trickle in and we've mentioned on Facebook. For some reason, like the Dollar Generals and the Family Dollars were getting the six inch and eight inch Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Lizard figures, which sadly sent me back to the family dollar stores. (laughs) But you survived. I did survive. I didn't find any of those. I did find some two-inch Spider-Man and Iron Man 2 figures. So again, back to that, it comes in every scale. I did not buy these, but I did see them out there.
3: So there is a line that you're not going to cross, and it's somewhere between four
2: inches... And two and a half inches.
1: However, the line moves based on the toy
2: line. <laughs> depends on the cuteness. Like your grab yeah. zag is probably an inch and a half. But that's enough to satisfy me if it's cute.
1: But the line is a floating line. It's not drawn in the sand or concrete or anything. Yes. It's wherever he wants it to be at that given moment.
2: <laughs> it depends on sculpt and paint. And those look cheap. And they weren't cheap. They were about five bucks a figure. They've been one dollar a figure. I might have come home. Yeah, that's easy path. But thank God that Spider-Man toys are now everywhere. I don't have to go to Family Dollars anymore. Until the next time. just have to go to Walmart. But again, our primary focus of collecting is three and three quarter inch figures. Ouch. Let go of my arm on the price of these Spider-Man figures. Did you see how much they are, Justin? Well, it depends on where
3: you're at. Because Toys R Us is asking 10 for them. But a few
2: of the Walmarts I've been at, they're only seven forty-nine. My Walmart was eight ninety-nine, my target was nine ninety-nine. Ouch. Yikes. I know. And we've talked a little bit about this series of figures. I did pick up the entire set. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> did it
1: surprise you, Justin? <laughs> the man's mentally ill.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not surprised. Nothing surprises me anymore. I'm learning. <laughs>
2: But we've talked about this before. This is basically a reboot continuation of the last Spider-Man line aimed primarily at kids, not collectors, with limited articulation and 10 bucks a figure is a hard hard blow. If I hadn't walked out of there with the store display, I'd have been mad.
3: Yeah, that's 10 bucks is too much for a kid-aimed line. You know, I've been since, they've, since they're everywhere, I have been looking through them. And for the most part, I've only seen the initial wave with a bunch of comic and concept stuff in it. And there's some, I got to hand it to them. They've done some fun looking stuff, some different stuff. There's a Spider-Man out there without sleeves and he's got tennis shoes on. I thought that was kind of a neat and different thing to do.
1: You know, I told Arnie earlier today that Spider-Man and Iron Man have more costume changes than share. <laughs>
3: it's probably pretty close yeah (laughs) you know then there's a you know i've seen doc ock and i picked him up but he looks pretty good not too shabby and there's a venom out there which at first blush i thought might be a new venom but once i got him home and looked i think he just has a new tongue maybe a slightly different head but he's just a darker version of the same venom we got originally
2: That is the same body. I know it's a different head because he's got that jawline that mimics the Spider-Man 3 Venom with the weird gums that are visible through the side. Oh, yeah. Going closer up to his ears. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that was just done for Spider-Man 3. So I was able to, like I say, pick up all of these Venom, Green Goblin, Doc Ock. And black-suited Spider-Man are the four that sell out fastest. Whereas, and then ultra-posable Spider-Man is a uh, second. I think Wave 2, the four figures in Wave 2, is shipping in greater quantities than Wave 1.
3: And is Wave 1 the one with the movie accurate, super-posable Spider-Man? No, that's Wave
2: 2. Oh. Wave 1 is entirely comic series and concept series.
3: See, that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing most of. I've only seen... The other ones once, and that was this afternoon, and I was able to pick up a beat-to-hell card with the superposable Spider-Man. That was pretty exciting. (laughs) That right there is an excellent figure.
2: Well, let's kind of go through these. In Wave 1, you do get Venom, who comes with a snap-jaw sidekick accessory that's absolutely silly-looking. It reminds me of the old Jaws game I had as a kid. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) I don't know why that's there. It's Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yes, it is. (laughs) The next major motion picture franchise, you know. (laughs) 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 H-H-H. I like the Venom figure, though. I like the tongue. I don't have a Venom figure with a tongue. It's a giant, massive, kind of gross-looking tongue sticking out of there. It's pretty thick at the base. I don't know how he closes his mouth.
1: (laughs) He's right. I guess closing his mouth is impossible. That's maybe why he's so mean. (laughs) I don't get what this arm thing is. Does he need, like, a weapon that's him?
2: Well, that's (laughs) what the symbiote does. He is his own weapon. His outfit extends and weaponizes. And
1: becomes his own head? I'm confused by that.
2: Well, the card says one venom is bad enough.
3: When he brings his snap-jawed sidekick to the battle, watch out. Personally, I'd
2: pose that between his legs. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a little bit of a head to it. Literally has a head to it. Yeah, so... When I bring my snap sidekick to the battle, watch out. <laughs> that is what he calls it. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking with the symbiote, their symbiote strike Spider-Man, who looked a lot better on the back of the cards of the other ones than he does in person. They've given him a blue wash, so it just kind of looks like his black outfit has faded to navy. Yeah,
3: I've seen that one a couple times, and I just didn't feel compelled to get him, as we have gotten, you know, black-suited Spider-Man quite a few different times throughout the lines, but them not being super articulated. I didn't feel like it was too necessary to pick him up, but he's a good looking figure.
2: I like the black look. I wish it wasn't so blue. I think the Marvel universe ones are superior. Both the last Spider-Man line and this Spider-Man line seem to refuse to give us just a black figure. They're like, well, no, he's going to be blue with some black tint, but I like his little symbiote spooge plasma cannon.
1: Yeah, that's kind of bizarre too. And I, Is this line aimed at children more than the other lines with all these action features?
3: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, this line is meant to replace the Spider-Man line that's been out there that was directly aimed at the kids. That came
2: with, like, the water-shooting venom. Yep. We'll get to some water-shooting figures. Next up, we have a green goblin with a missile-launching glider. I actually like this figure because he's different enough from the Marvel Universe, he's just really bright, bright green. It seems to go very well with that Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends 3-pack that came out at Toys R Us a while ago.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is this a repack of a figure or a repaint? Because this Green Goblin looks very familiar.
3: See, and this is the one that I've been trying to find at the stores just so I could make a comparison, because there's the Green Goblin in the Marvel Universe line, and then there's the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man line, which are both different, and I'm betting this is... The same as at least one of those. I can't imagine they do a third sculpt of this style.
1: The face looks so familiar. It's more demonic than
2: the other, but... I think it's a repack of the body. I think that's a new head, though. I really do think that's a new head with the flowing purple hat. But the body, it's got knee articulation, double-jointed elbow articulation. It's got a pretty well-articulated body for this line, and it's so it can pose well on the glider. That might very well be the MU body reused. It looks a little thin for the MU body, though.
3: Yeah. Well, the MU body was a pretty unique sculpt because it had the scales and everything. And this on does, it.
2: too. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of
3: excited to get my hands on this one. I'd like to do a side-by-side comparison. So as soon as I do, I'll take some pictures and we'll put them on Facebook.
2: Then we get to a couple of the sillier figures. Hydro Attack Spider-Man with Action Wing Glider and Underwater Mask. It's Scuba Spidey. (laughs) And honestly, he looks like Scuba Steve from Big Daddy, only with webbing instead of flesh. Yeah. (laughs) Scuba Steve. (laughs) He's got way too much blue on his outfit.
1: Why does Spider-Man need to swim? Can he just take off his outfit? I don't understand this.
2: What if he's fighting Hydro-Man? Well... I don't know why he needs to have a more blue outfit. Now, one thing about just about all of the spider man here is they've got this giant spider logo on the front to try to park into the movie. So these are all new sculpt Spider-Man figures.
3: Yeah, I will give them that. I mean, from the ones I've seen, these aren't just repaints from the, from the previous line. They've gone out and created new sculpts a lot with the same lim- limited articulation, but yeah, this that one falls directly in the category of snowboarding Spidey.
2: Then they've got Capture Trap Spider Man, who is very much like a Ben Riley Spider Man. He's got the web shooters on the outside of his wrists, the giant spider that crosses over to his back. It's not exactly right. It seems to be a bit more grooved, and he comes with a giant play feature of a claw that he can use to trap villains. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that one's on my list that I'm slowly making of, you know, watch for these things to go on clearance or the price to come down because they're super clogged. Because it's you're right, he's very close to the Ben Riley Spidey with the the wrist gauntlets, but a little bit more beefy than the one that we got previously.
2: They're not super clogged. He's super clawed. He's got the traffic. <laughs> now the next two kind of confused me when I first saw them. And I think we're into series two now. There's comic series Mega Cannon Spider-Man. And this looks like a very classic comic book Spider-Man. He's got the small spider on his chest again. He comes with this giant yellow. Honestly, it looks like some kind of like... Flying beetle. I was thinking some kind of like Gulfstream thing, like a motorized thing you'd use to propel yourself in the ocean. I can see that. (laughs) But there's also Web Cannon Spider-Man. And because I was going on names, I'm like Mega Cannon and Web Cannon. I was confused when I just picked those both up. But they're distinctly different figures. Web Cannon is concept series, meaning Hasbro's making it up, but it's actually a pretty good likeness of the upcoming movie figure. With silver eyes instead of gold. They seem really big on the gold eyes. Even the roleplay masks have the gold eyes. But because he's concept, he's got a silver spider on his chest and silver eyes and a dark blue suit and a silly projectile shooting thing.
3: See, that's the one that I kept seeing, getting excited that I found the superposable one. And I was just like, oh, nope, it's the same, same old one. That one seems to be lousy on the pegs.
1: Hmm. Okay. What? I'm going to be a good girl, not make any jokes about the little hood and cover for the missile.
3: Sometimes all you have to do is mention it.
2: Yep. That'd be a good girl. (laughs) Then from the comic series, and I'm not quite sure what comic, there's Grappling Hook Spider-Man, which has the cheapest body of any of the Spider-Mans. It's like they just took maybe the standard buck from maybe even the old Spider-Man line and painted Spider-Man on him because there's no ribbing to his body, but there's ribbing to his neck and head, making it look like the world's worst custom figure. This is the one that had the short sleeves (laughs) and the sneakers. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm going to have to say that this is a no-win. Why does he have sneakers on? Spider-Man doesn't need sneakers.
2: He's all... Yeah, he has boot bottoms in his outfit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's silly, but interesting, you know? It's the worst figure of the line, honestly. (laughs) We get Zip Rocket Spider-Man, who's kind of movie-ish. He's got the big spider, but now the spider's gold on his chest. He's got the gold eyes and a suction cup. That has a section cup on each end, and he can zip line down the string, which is kind of cool for a play feature, I gotta admit.
1: That is the snazziest outfit ever.
2: Is that the lighter blue?
1: Yes, yeah. it's like formal Spidey wear with the gold and everything. It's like he's going clubbing.
3: <laughs> he could use the sneakers.
1: Justin, you don't wear sneakers to a club.
3: Oh, if they're the right kicks, you do.
1: No, no, no.
2: How about Adidas?
1: You're going to the right kind of club, but not the club Spider-Man's going (laughs) to. He's going to a fancy club, perhaps a dinner club with dancing, or a swing club, or maybe even a nice club in Miami.
2: Bienvenido a Miami, (laughs) Spider-Man. The hardest figure to find, I actually didn't find him, Marjorie found him for me, Dr. Octopus. This is a nice, beefy body. He comes with attachable forearms that are triclawed. It's kind of a cross between the comic figure and the Alfred Molina the way he's got the glasses on, and the way the tentacles are tri-fingered like they were in the movie versus the quad finger in the comics.
3: Yeah, he fi- he feels menacing for the first time as a figure. Like The ones we've gotten before just feel too squat and cruddy haircut.
2: They gave him a really bad bowl cut, first of all. But that's what he has. That's what they gave him in the comics.
3: Yeah, and this is the best execution of the bowl cut yet. The other ones were very, very... Just straight across.
2: But we finish with our two movie figures. We'll start with the lizard. Reptile Blast Lizard, who comes with the silliest ass gun ever. I it's think a G.I. Joe gun. Is it, I think we've seen this gun before, because it, like, opens up. I think, like, Thor came with some of these weapons that opened up and shot the projector. I,
1: I think you're right. I noticed that quite a few of these are looking like the accessories we got with Thor, just slightly redone and repainted. And this one... It's horrible because it looks like a mouth. I I think
2: it. it opens up like an alligator mouth. It does, which is what was reminding me of the Thor stuff. Like the way one of those swords opened up and then could shoot. I think Captain America maybe came with some of these too. The lizard figure has a good sculpt, a good wash. The face on it looks pretty close to what I've seen on the posters and in the trailers. But man, this body is totally lacking in articulation. It's got basic shoulders. It's got elbows. But... Because of the paint job and the good sculpt, there's nothing in the waist and just a very little ball jointed head that you can't do too much with and still make him look good. And
3: his head is weird looking. I'm still not used to the lizard with no beak or anything. It's just it's a strange looking character.
1: It's just because his body's weird. That's part of the problem. But his head is weird. He kind of looks like Swamp Thing <laughs> <laughs> or the creature that. in that horrible, horrible movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just need some gills down his neck.
1: Yeah, that, that's what he needs.
2: Yeah, I'm got. I actually have gotten used to this new lizard because remember many, many issues ago when Marjorie found those pool toys and they oh, had yeah. the lizard one. Those have been sitting here next to my recording desk, and every time I record any podcast, I've had Spider Man and lizard looking at me. So I've really gotten used to the lizard. Now he's finally out by the pool since the weather's warming.
1: Yeah, but the dogs are obsessed with him
2: now. So I'm, I'm used to the lizard look, and I'm glad to have a figure of him in the movie style because I mean, the way they've gone with whiplash and Mandarin, they could have just gone comic style and been done with it. Really?
3: Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not super impressed with his, the paint job they did on this. Like the card art shows him a much brighter, almost radiation green. And the paint they did on this, they kind of put like a flesh tone on his belly and chest that just doesn't merge well with the, the existing green of the plastic.
2: See, I was going to say the opposite, because seeing the art from the movie and the scenes from the movie, the neon green of the figure on the card looks nothing like the movie, whereas this looks just like the movie.
3: I suppose. I would would mind something in between. You know, I don't think that it needs to be as bright green as the card art shows, but there's something weird about the fleshy color, at least on the figure that I've seen.
2: Then the final figure in this series... The one that you had trouble finding, and I only found two total, and I bought them both because I wanted a spare. Ultra-posable Spider-Man movie costume, although I wonder if they'll change him later because he has white eyes. And again, I think they're really big on this whole gold eyes thing. I bet we see a running change when they make his eyes gold to be more movie accurate. But he's got the black spider, the blue jumpsuit, and 20 points of articulation everywhere you could want it.
3: Oh, yeah. So much articulation. It reminds me of the uh, Comic-Con Spider-Man 3 figure that we got a couple years ago. Very much the same style of articulation and all that good stuff. But this figure doesn't belong in this line. It just so happens to be that this line is inspired by Spider-Man. So (laughs) they're going to put him here because it has more articulation than the six-inch Legends.
1: I like this one. And I don't think the color is just right, but it's not the end of the world. I like that he's superposable because Spider Man should be. Spider Man should have lots of articulation because he does some weird things. And I love the pose on the card art on the back where he's just jauntily waving or got his hand out when he's on the side of a
2: building. I think he's supposed to be about to shoot a web, but yeah, yeah. it does kind of look like he's like, hi there.
1: Yeah, it's just fun. I like Spider Man for that reason.
2: But if those figures were a ripoff at $10 a piece. I think a bargain at ten dollars a piece are the new superhero squad three packs. Now these have come down in price, haven't they? Because they used to be far more than ten bucks for three pack figures.
1: I thought they did, but
2: hmm, I would have deferred to Marjorie on
3: that one because I don't remember buying too many of them. But yeah, like twelve ninety nine seems like the price that I remember seeing.
2: That's what I thought too, and here they're just. $9.99 at Target and what I'm seeing online. If you go to eBay, they're 22 a set because they're brand new, but they'll show up in stores. There's three different sets. As we mentioned at Toy Fair, they are all repacks and repaints with, I think, one or two exceptions. But we get one set that's comic book Spider-Man in very bright colors with his web shield, the green goblin superhero squad, and the old Spider-Man 2 era. Of, I think from when they did Spider-Man 3, they did some Spider-Man 2 figures. They did a Doc Ock. So we get him repainted in very comic booky colors.
1: But this is like the little boy Doc Ock. He always reminds me of a little petulant six-year-old. He's chubby and got a bowl cut. <laughs> and he's mad at everybody. I love these. This is one of my favorite lines of figures, and I just um, I love these so much. I'm so glad they came back out for this movie. The packaging is great,
2: too. Yeah, they got the red and blue and the scales on it and a little...
1: And and the good character art on back.
2: I like the character art on the front and the corner because it's mimicking the actual movie art, but it's in Superhero Squad style.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
2: The second set is the movie set that comes with a movie-based lizard, which I think is the old lizard with a new head, a movie-based Spider-Man, which they at least re-sculpted some to put that giant spider on his front and gave him a nice metallic paint, and then a Gwen Stacy, who I think is an all-new figure. I believe
1: that is a new figure. We did not get her before. It's very rare to get a human like that.
2: I'm trying to think if they could have taken any of the figures and reused their parts Mm-mm. for this, like a Black Widow or a Storm, but I think this maybe an all-new sculpt.
1: Yeah, I think it is.
2: Could it be a Marvel girl? But she's got a lab coat on is what's throwing me. Oh,
3: interesting. I haven't seen these yet, so I don't know. I was just guessing ones that we might be more human than superhero
2: Yeah, she's got this coat on that's bunching up at the wrist. She's also wearing gloves. I don't know if this is a winter movie, <laughs> but unless they did like a Sue Storm in lab coat or something, I don't know who they would have reused. Hmm.
1: I really like this Spider-Man because he's got the black webbing on him, and it's a very good Spider-Man, I think, for superhero squad. And I love the lizard anyway, and I think this one looks like Christopher Walken, and I just think it's adorable. In the face? (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) Have
2: some champagne. (laughs) Don't make me tell you again about the scooching. (laughs) What that pack needs is more cowbell. Exactly. (laughs) But my favorite pack, the pack that they only had one of on the shelf, I had to dig a little for it. The Battle Against Venom pack that has this cute venom, it's the one without his tongue sticking out, so he just looks, I don't know, just kind of adorable, and the repainted Carnage into Anti-Venom, and the paint they gave him with the yellow eyes.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. I love this one. Yeah, I'm
3: pretty excited to find that one, too.
2: I mean, Anti-Venom, if you read the comics, you know he's not even a character anymore until they bring him back again anyway. And I can't believe they made Anti-Venom, but it's so perfect. I almost wish they'd used a different sculpt for it because he didn't shoot out that many tendrils. He was more solid, but it's just, it's a great paint job on this. And it's just so very happy striking with Venom. And they gave Venom this really iridescent blue paint. I just love that pack. And he's got a great expression on his face, too. So it's Venom, Anti-Venom, and who's the other character in there? Spider-Man in regular outfit to battle with Anti-Venom against Venom. Uh Uh-huh. Spider-Man is in all of the packs. Again, it's like the Iron Man earlier. If you buy a pack, you want (laughs) Spider-Man. But if all of this isn't enough, Spider-Man is even in the places you wouldn't expect, like Ulta. And I, Marjorie, most of our listeners probably don't even know what an Ulta is. It's where their wives go when they're at Toys R Us. What's Ulta?
1: Well, not every Ulta is located next to Toys R Us, Arnie. Ulta is a... But
2: that would make sense.
1: It would make sense. <laughs> Say, like, Sephora. Justin, do you know what Sephora is?
2: No, I do not. Do you know what Ulta is? I've
3: seen the sign. I've always misread it as Ultra.
1: I understand. Ulta and Sephora (laughs) are makeup stores. They have makeup, hair care, skin products, anything you could want. And they range from Too Faced, Benefit, Cosmetics, all the way down to your Revlon, Walgreens crap that you buy. Sephora, a little bit more hip. Ulta is kind of where your mom goes to buy the makeup. But we have a little itty-bitty, teeny Sephora, so I tend to go to Ulta more in our town. But the point of the story... Spider-Man nail polish by OPI, which you can only get at salons or Ulta or Sephora or someplace like that. Very cool. What
2: I, is OPI for those not in the know?
1: It is a very good nail polish. It runs about $8 a bottle. Whoa. Yeah, usually nail polish is like 2 to 5 depending on what you get. I mean, you can get it as cheap as $0.99 cents at Walgreens, but it chips after a day. OPI is pretty good. It's kind of the industry standard for nail polish.
3: So you don't want to be painting your house with it or anything.
1: It would take you a really long time. The brushes are tiny. It, it's such good nail polish, people fake it. There is fake OPI nail polish on the market. <sighs> you need to be really careful if you're buying it not at an approved place to make sure you're getting a real OPI. And you can, like, look at the brush and look at the bottom of the bottle and the way the label is done to see if you got actual OPI nail polish.
2: So did you get actual OPI Spider-Man nail polish?
1: I did. I have... Someone I know who happens to possess a cosmetologist license, and she has ordered a full set of this with this display from the local um, cosmetology place here in town for me. I did get one. So, in the- other
2: words, we're going to have a store display of Spider Man nail polish in our front door for anyone who wants to buy eight dollar nail polish as they come in.
1: But it's kind <laughs> of a deal because I'm going to have. I get two of every color in this pack that comes with the display.
2: How many colors are there?
1: There are six colors. Actually, seven in the Nail polish Collection, but six regular colors. You get My Boyfriend Scales Walls, which is white. Call Me Whenever, which is kind of a coral color. Your Weber Mine, which is like a pink iridescent color. Into the Night, which is a blue sparkly color, like a dark blue like Spider-Man suit. The one I currently have on my hands, Arnie, just spotted the lizard, which is a greenish gold iridescent, and like if I hold my hands a certain way, it looks really green. Certain ways, it looks kind of greenish yellow. In other ways, it looks like C-3PO.
3: That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's actually not bad. And then the other one is number one Nemesis, which is kind of a grayish with dark sparkles in it. I've got that on my toes right now. I don't know if you can see that, Arnie. Of course, you probably didn't look at my toes today. Ah, Yeah, it's got little sparkles in it. Now, they also have a shatter color over it, which you can buy that. And then no one... The shatter polish, you paint it on over a color and it kind of crackles. So you've got the shatter, whichever color that is. And then the other color you have underneath peeks through. And it's called shatter the scales. Get it? Lizards have scales. And it's like a dark green sparkly color. No one buys the shatter anymore. It's it's very passe.
2: And here I was liking it.
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah, no one uses it anymore.
2: Get with it, Arnie. Well, you got a sample four-pack, and then we have the full amount on the way. So I guess I'm not the only one a little bit hyped for Spider-Man.
1: I wanted the nail polish because it's Spider-Man nail polish. Come on.
2: (laughs) Well, if that's not enough Spider-Man in, it's just in news from the web. To go along with our 6-inch Avengers figures, there are going to be 6-inch Spider-Man figures coming.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about these, too. This is where we're getting that ultimate Spider-Man, the new outfit. Miles Morales, yeah. Yeah, the black and red. That'll be pretty cool. And then a movie-accurate Spider-Man. And there's a lizard that we've seen pictures of coming out, too. And that one, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll pick it up when I see it. But it looks a little weird in that package photo. The way they've done
2: his neck. Yeah, but I'm sure you can probably push that down and hide that problem. I like that he comes with a little iguana.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, those those will be exciting, but right now they're just kind of floating around out there overseas. So who knows how soon we'll see him here.
2: Speaking of the six-inch figure lines, I got all excited when Entertainment Earth emailed me and said, there's a new case revision of Marvel Legends hitting that's going to ship in august and i'm like yeah maybe i can just order a case of the variants or something it's a wave 2 revision 1 but then i saw the figure lineup and i'm like what the hell is this lineup
3: yeah it seems like they're shipping all the figures that are already clogging the pegs except for the maybe the exception of ghost rider
2: iron man they aren't shipping iron man which is the one i can find you anywhere yeah but it's constrictor ghost rider heroic age cap dark wolverine hope Phantom X, Drax, and big time Spider-Man. The only ones of which you might find a variant on would be Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. And maybe Cap if you're really into that shield thing.
3: Yeah, this doesn't seem like it's set to alleviate the problem of finding these variants. It seems like it's just going to clog the pegs with figures that are already the ones that are common to find.
2: Well, for me, no legends are common to find except (laughs) Iron Man. (laughs) that's the only one I can find you reliably. Maybe a claw here and there. Yeah, I still see Constrictor laying about a bit. But, I mean, it would make sense to me if this had some of the variants in it, and it brought out the other Wrecking Crew, and it brought out the other Madam, and it brought out Big Time Spider-Man instead of just Future Foundation Spider-Man. And it brought out the... Wolverine instead of the Dakin figure, but this is got me real worried, especially about the Madam and the Wrecking Crew variants now. Yeah, exactly. But like you said, there are, there
3: is a little hope in here that it could be just Dark Wolverine and it could be variant Ghost Rider, but a lot of people would be happy to find either or on the Ghost Rider at this point. And it says big time
2: Spider-Man, so... But you can't trust that because the last case said big time Spider-Man because that's the non-variant figure. And it specifically says on these cases, figures may be variants. We can't guarantee which one you get. Right. Right. Now, my only hope, because I know these figures have been spotted. Mitchell, one of our listeners, has found some of these figures in stores weeks and weeks ago, the non-variants. But Entertainment Earth does say they have Wave 2 shipping in June, which is the base Wave 2 assortment. My hope is that means June is when the non-variant figure cases are going to ship in mass.
3: I do, too. And, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about back in the store report that I just want to mention quickly is that I feel like a lot of these stores were just maybe not ordering or holding up for these big toy aisle resets. Because both Walmart and Target are in the middle of resetting those aisles to get Spider-Man, Batman, G.I. Joe all in there. And these are just kind of running lines here, the Marvel Universe and the Marvel Legends. So hopefully now that these movie things have gotten their way out there, got their peg space, now some ordering can go on for the things that have been sitting there stale for months.
2: I hope, because I really thought that I'd find some of those non-variant figures hitting the stores the way I do. Not one sign of them, not even a sign that I've missed them. No, same here. And also with that, Marvel Universe has been really stagnant. I've seen them restocking that first wave with uh, Iron Fist and Storm and Daredevil. I can find all of those figures now pretty commonly.
3: Yeah, I remember when we were excited for those months and months, <laughs> and, months
1: and months ago. <laughs> I always get that old slash new figure syndrome where I'll call Arnie and say, hey, do you need this? He's like, yeah, it's old. I've already got it. Because I haven't seen it in so long. And it just all of a sudden one resurfaced at the front. And I think it's a new figure.
2: Mm-hmm. But to get really ahead of ourselves, I mean, that's wave 17. Some wave 21 figures are showing up on eBay.
3: <laughs> Crazy.
2: <laughs> Jubilee, Blastar, and Professor X are showing up. I mean, they're going for crazy amounts. Professor X sold for a $130 ship.
3: Yeah. People just hold on for a couple months. They'll be out there. Just
1: wait until Arnie buys them. Yes,
3: Arnie <laughs> will spend the 130 bucks. That was not to me.
2: <laughs> that did not sell to me. I know, me. but all
1: people have to do is wait and watch our Twitter or Facebook. And once they see Arnie has bought it, just go to Walmart or Target. they will be there. It'll be fine.
2: <laughs> the cooler. <laughs>
3: That's, you know, that's a wave beyond the ones that we were hoping would be shipping by now. Yeah. So.
2: And he also, the same seller, had up for listing the Marvel Universe 3-pack of the Heroic Age heroes with Red Hulk, Iron Man, and Thor. So that should be coming pretty soon. It sold for a very reasonable $37, if I'd known that I might have bought it. Wow.
1: Thanks, Arnie. Delayed everyone else getting it.
2: <laughs> There's a buy-it-now one for 45 under it.
1: That's shut shut it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You heard that? I only said it out of the left side of my mouth. I don't know how you heard that.
2: <laughs> but for a little bit more realistic, Wave 18 is up for pre order at Entertainment Earth. Justin, I didn't know if you might want to split a case of this because it is two full sets of the next wave with the newly sculpted Incredible Hulk, Beast, Beta Ray Bill, Craven, and Spider Man Unlimited, plus a Ghost Rider and an old Hulk. Oh, interesting.
3: Yeah, I think we might have to do that. It's not often that you get a nice double up on all new figures in a case.
2: Yeah, it's 106 for a case from Entertainment Earth. Those are set to ship in August, so they'll probably hit pegs when we're at San Diego Comic-Con in July. That seems to be the way. Comic-Con always seems to coincide with new figures hitting. And Metacom announced a couple new bare brick items that I'm Yay! hoping will be at Comic-Con. Yay! From the Avengers, Iron Man Mark 7 Bear Brick and the 400% Iron Man Mark 7 Bear Brick. Now, we have the 400% Mark 6 Bear Brick. It, I don't
1: have one through five.
2: I don't know that they made Why did
1: they start them. with six? We need to get on this.
2: But having one lonely Bear Brick...
1: He's sad.
2: ...is a little bit on the sad side. He needs a
1: buddy so he can kick back and watch TV in there. <laughs> and I need the 100% also.
2: Just saying. I'll be getting those because we have the complete set of Marvel Bear Bricks. Yes. So we got I love the Bear Bricks. Up.
3: I can't read the side. I, have no, I don't know how much 1,575 yen is. Yeah.
1: It's at four bucks.
3: That's a lot of yen.
1: Yeah, I just made it up.
2: 1,575 yen is
1: $20. How did you do that, Google? Because
2: I'm a financial genius. What? The 400% figure is only $20? No, the 400% figure is going to be in the 80 to 100 range. Yeah. But 1,575 yen is 20 bucks.
1: Buy it from there.
3: Interesting.
2: (laughs) And speaking of toys from Japan, also (laughs) teased is Hot Toys. There's no big surprise here, but it's officially announced they will be doing amazing Spider-Man movie figures and have teased an amazing Spider-Man Hot Toy.
3: Awesome. And once again, I'll be interested to see how they treat the lizard, because that's going to be kind of like the Hulk. You know, you can't hide a lot of stuff when when you're not wearing anything.
2: Assuming they make a lizard. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I meant seams and joints.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I uh, like balloons or something, balloon bags. I,
3: I would think that lizards, at least in their planning stages, you know, wouldn't you?
1: But they've been hitting these hot and heavy. I mean, you think about it. Adventures hit them hard and Dark Knight, and they're just pumping these out. And they've
2: already confirmed they are doing X-Men first class. Yep. There's a limit. They're actually some of the delays is because they're making more hot toys than they ever have before. It seems like right when I jumped on the bandwagon, so did everybody else, and they are just cranking these things out. But if you look at it, I mean, admittedly these aren't great examples. But they made Blade and Abigail Whistler, but they didn't make Drake and they didn't make Are they Rock trying to Herman. give away
1: Abigail Whistler now?
2: Yeah, uh, she went up in price finally. Oh. And they made Iron Man from the first movie, but they didn't make Iron Monger until just now many years later. And they made Ghost Rider from the first movie, but they didn't make Blackheart. So I'm not seeing it as a necessity that they make a bad guy. With Thor, they made Thor and Odin, but backed out on plans for Loki just deciding to do Avengers instead. So- well, you have
1: to think that some of these are going to be gangbusters and some of these are going to be so niche like the whole Blade series and Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider does not have the popularity of Spider Man.
2: Ghost Rider sold out just like that.
3: But as a movie franchise, though, I guess it would be the, the dipstick. But I think that's probably your best example too. Is that Ghost Rider? <laughs> Ghost Rider didn't get their villain, so maybe, maybe here they might not do a lizard. Maybe they're waiting to see how popular the movie is and if it's got some staying power, they'll come out in a few years with a lizard
2: character
1: and honestly i bet they could do I seriously kick ass doc ock
2: yeah i bet they could i think that that's the key though is anytime they can use their standard true type body which they could with a doc ock they could with a loki they could with a red skull then they're going to be more inclined when it's something that's so much sculpting like an iron monger or a hulk or a lizard i think they're really got to be careful with how much resources they put into that
3: very true
2: so I would see them doing Spider-Man. I could honestly see them doing a couple of Spider-Mans or even a Gwen Stacy before they get to Lizard. But we know they're doing a Hulk. They're doing an Ironmonger. It just depends on what's on their table and how big they think this is.
1: Gwen Stacy seems right for a ton at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: She already is one.
3: <laughs> and Hot Toys, if you're listening and you're going to take a flyer at just doing any sort of Spider-Man villain, let's start with Venom then. Give us an awesome Venom.
2: I've been waiting for them to go back. I mean, the only Spider-Man 3 villains they've given us are... Because they didn't do any Spider-Man 2 or 1 figures yet. I don't know if there's a license thing there. They specifically made a Spider-Man 3 Spider-Man, and then they gave us... New Goblin from Spider-Man 3. And then with the Black Spider-Man, they gave us a base that was Sandman from Spider-Man 3. So I don't know if they're going to do a Venom from that or if they can go back and do, ah, uh, or do an armored Green Goblin from Spider-Man 1. I think it really depends on how big the Spider-Man franchise goes. But I got to keep an eye on my wallet because two more avengers are hitting they've also teased the next avenger in their roster is going to be black widow and can i say i'm both i'm not offended but it's like oh boy the teaser shot for black widow was her butt <laughs> you gotta
3: use what mama gave you right i mean that's the money maker right there and everybody everybody else is cashed in on scarlet Johansson's ass tmz yeah why can't they <laughs>
2: I would love to cash in on Scarlett Johansson's ass. (laughs) I just like the fact that I posted the teaser to Marvelicious Toys, and it got more reaction of, oh boy, I need to buy that than anything else. (laughs) Any of the other hot toys I posted about. Our listeners like big butts, and they cannot lie. (laughs) Why would you? But that kind of leads into... Sales
0: to Astonish.
2: Because probably by the time the listeners have heard this, I've already pre-ordered Black Widow because they're hitting me, they're hitting me, they're hitting me. As I had guessed when we recorded last time, they hit me again, Loki. They kind of zigged when I thought they'd zagged, though. Loki was the next Avenger one, differing from the Avengers roster.
3: Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I knew we were getting him eventually, but I didn't think he would be the next one up. Interesting.
2: Sideshow also put up a pre-order just last Wednesday that... Hot toy that we were talking about. I'll admit, I'm the cooler. <laughs> this is the limited edition Avengers Mark Six Iron Man hot toy that is only made 3,000 pieces. Now, I had that companion one that was only made like eight of, but this is the one they made 3,000 of. We weren't sure if it was ever coming to the States. I broke down and bought one on eBay for 300. I just <laughs> wanted that bird in my hand. Well,
3: that's not that much of a markup, is it? What's the... What's the SRP on this? 260?
2: It came out just Wednesday. The only way you could even be notified about it by Sideshow is if you entered their contest to win one. They were not notifying newsletter people. They were not notifying Facebook fans. I notified our sales to astonish newsletter members as soon as I found out, but you had to enter that contest. I was shocked. It's only 190 plus shipping. Whoa. Ouch. Well, no, I paid 300 shipped. This would have been around 220 ship, Burden the hand mentality, I'm fine with it, but that's really low given that they're charging me like 220 for Hawkeye. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised that an armored figure is going for 190 plus shipping. Now, he was not a pre-order because they only did 3,000. He was in stock, ready to ship, may very well be sold out by the time this email goes. I got to get mine open. It just came the other day and make sure it's not damaged so I can get my order in just in case there's a problem.
3: Yeah, before they're all gone. I'm sure they only held a handful back for for so problems. That, yeah, and for Sideshow.
2: Yeah. So, uh, if I have a problem with mine, I just have to buy a Sideshow one and suck it up because I bought from some guy in Japan. He's not going to help me. <laughs> That's why I always say only buy from Sideshow. But with being limited to 3000 I didn't know if Sideshow would happen. Right. It was, there were no details given. And speaking of Sideshow, they've got a number of items coming out. A premium format Spider Woman. I don't know if you can call it a premium format figure. It looks more like a statue, not a lot of posability. But if you need a two-foot Spider-Woman, this is the way to get it. I'm lukewarm on it. Honestly, I would love it as a $50, $60 Kotobukiya Bishoju. Not so much for a $300 premium format figure.
3: Yeah, not a huge Spider-Woman fan anything. Anyway, so that one's an easy skip for me.
2: And they came out with a Rhino Cat, And there is an exclusive version of this as well as a regular version. The exclusive version is sold out, but you can waitlist it. It has a modern head and a classic head for alternate display, whereas the regular one just has the modern head. This is a giant piece standing, 18 inches tall, weighing 20 pounds. Yeah,
3: it's a beast.
2: Shipping in January at $400. That's a little more Rhino than my wallet can take. I'm just excited that Diamond Select has announced they're doing a Rhino in the Diamond Select line. We love those bulky Diamond Select figures, and now we're going to be getting a Rhino that looks really well articulated.
3: Yeah, and they really upped the game on the movie Hulk. The movie Hulk we haven't talked about yet. We'll do a full review on the next show. But they've stepped up their game on the articulation and sculpting. They really have.
2: Honestly, and I am i hate to change my loyalties, but the way they're going, Marvel Select may be becoming my favorite Marvel figure. Ouch. Ooh. Hasbro's dropped the ball this year, and Marvel Select is up their game with the depth of characters they're doing. And I found myself going back and getting a Watcher and getting a Thanos and picked up Colossus, and now I'm definitely going to be getting Rhino.
3: Wow. that's That's a topic for another show, I think, right there. We might have a, a little bit of a poll that we can have people and see what people are thinking about that themselves or
2: why don't we do it the fantastic
0: forum poll
2: and we'll let our listeners tell us and we will discuss it next show see what they say because there's a couple more coming in the amazing spider-man line they're doing both a spider-man and a lizard in movie style for that
3: yeah that spider-man we've been seeing for a while we've seen the prototype and that's the one I'm going to need to see that in person to see how well those those little black tiny lines actually look. Because every picture I've seen, it looks looks a little sloppy.
2: I thought it looked sloppy at C2E2, honestly. I thought it didn't look all that great. But the lizard looked good.
3: Yep. And once again, yeah, all, the, all these lizards we talked about, this one looks like the best representation. Best paint, best sculpt, and probably the right scale for the Marvel Legends size Spider-Man.
2: Maybe right. That's the nice thing about Like that movie Hulk and the maybe movie Lizard as they fit in well with our legends. Then a couple last quick hits. Bowen got me to buy my first Marvel minibus that's not an animal. Mm -hmm. I pre-ordered the Maestro Hulk just because I'm a big fan of that character, a big fan of that run. It does so much come down to character. I do not like the base they put on it, but they're never going to make another Maestro Hulk. But the base, it honestly looks, first of all, like he was cut in half and then put upon a tree stump.
3: (laughs) Yes, it does. <laughs> now, that's is that the same one that we saw the production shots of? And we were saying the hair looked a little bit anime.
2: It was. Yeah, that's the same one. And they were trying to decide arms or no arms. And I said, if they right. go arms, I'll buy it. They went yep. arms. But he looks like Father Time, but he's green. Oh, <laughs> maybe a little. He also looks a lot like Peter David, which is very funny. Cause that's the, <laughs> but he looks like Peter David now, not Peter David when he wrote it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a cool looking piece especially for a Hulk fan.
2: Justin, I know you're a huge Deadpool fan. What do you think of the new Bowen Deadpool statue that just went up for pre-order?
3: I'm telling you, every time Bowen and Deadpool get put together in the same sentence, I'm just like, I should I look? I don't want to look because I know the minute I see it, I'm going to want the damn thing. And this one is, you know what? It's an awesome sculpt, but it's just it's not screaming at me as a quintessential piece I must have. I feel like there's maybe not enough dynamic movement going on for... It being Deadpool, it's almost too serious. That's what I'm looking for. He's too serious in this pose.
2: I can see that. I actually really like the metallic paint they've used on him. It actually edges out the Kotobukiya one for favorite Deadpool statue. But as not a huge Deadpool fan, I am not feeling compelled to buy this.
3: I really appreciate the way that you know his holster looks leathery and his straps do too. I mean, that's just incredible.
2: Well, if that Deadpool didn't do it for you. What about Gentle Giant? They came out with the Deadpool family of minibus. This is a four minibus set, which stabbed me in the gut because I went through the trouble to try to get you a squirrel pool. And in this set is a ever so slightly repainted squirrel pool.
3: (laughs) Oh, I know it.
1: But we got the original.
3: That's right. And part of it is having the box and everything. But yeah, I mean, dog pool looks kind of cool and skull pool looks kind of cool. But that who is that kid pool? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's a little weird because, you know, with the animals, we get full bodies and then you got kid pool who's just a bust. So it kind of doesn't go along with it too well.
2: I'm thinking about picking it up to continue my pet Avengers to get dog pool and the alternate squirrel pool and then probably eBay or forum skull pool and kid pool.
3: (laughs) It's a neat set. Is
2: it really a hundred and eighty dollars? It really is, mm-hmm. but that's for Yikes. four busts. Keep in mind. Yep. Squirrel Pool himself was around forty. Four times four, one sixty. Yeah. Well, three busts and a head. Three. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Kotobukiya may have actually missed one for me. I have loved their fine art statue they've been doing. I've been loving their Avengers stuff ever since we saw the. Thor last year at Toy Fair when he was unpainted, and then at Comic-Con and all these, they've been going and going. They finally put up for pre-order, their Hawkeye one, and I'm like, that's kind of boring. Let's talk about a lack of action pose. He's just kind of standing there like he just like got off a boat with his foot up on a rock.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's kind of doing the uh, Captain Morgan pose.
2: Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> And he's just looking up to the sky like he's about to pray, and I'm like, this isn't really doing anything for me. Yeah, it's a little soft.
3: Maybe it's the purple's a little too lavendery. I don't know. There is something just I mean the sculpt's not bad at all. It's not a sculpting problem. It's it's a little it's a
1: little floofy, I think. Floofy. <laughs> yeah. I, I He looks like he's in the
2: village people. <laughs> With those boots.
3: Yeah, those boots are super exaggerated.
2: Yeah, this is one that is, I don't see it selling well. Mm-mm. I see this being one of those, I mean, every so often we luck out and find one of these for like 40 bucks at a con because yeah. people just can't move it. I got a bad feeling Hawkeye may be there, but that's if they go through. We have seen them pull ones that got negative buzz before, like Saber well, He's happy that he
3: just got Ultron. He's bragging on it.
4: <laughs> and we'll be back right after this message. Hey, comic book fans, you say you want a show, but you don't want to go all the way out to San Diego and New York and be pushed around and shoved around and spend all that money? You say you want a show where you can meet great comic book legends like Peter David, Billy Tucci, Joe Kelly, Chris Gia Mike DiCarlo, and many other talented folks? You say you want a show where there'll be tons of exhibitors with comic books, toys, original artwork, collectibles, and more cool stuff for you to buy? Well, Connecticut Comic Con, happening August 18, 2012, is this show for you. Conveniently located at the Trumbull Marriott in lovely Trumbull, Connecticut, right off of the Merritt Parkway in minutes from I-95. Comic-Con is back for its third show. It has Batmobiles from the 66 TV show, the 89 movie, the Green Hornets Black Beauty, courtesy of the Jersey Trio. There'll be hourly prizes like Spider-Man posters autographed by Stan the Man Lee himself. Excelsior! And, like I said, Tons of cosplaying fun with stormtroopers, superheroes, and more. And then you'll be able to see live music from High Adventure. Find out more by following us on Twitter at Comic-Con with two ends, Or go to our website, with 2 endscom or join us on Facebook. Connecticut Comic-Con is back! Dealer applications are still available. Check our website for more information. Well,
2: over at Now Playing, I mentioned we're doing the Spider-Man retrospective coming up very soon. I can't believe we just finished Avengers. we got to ramp up for Spider-Man. And of course, that means I'm reading the Spider-Man novelizations by Peter David again. (laughs) As I've mentioned in previous reviews, Peter David is one of my favorite authors. And I don't just mean his comics. Most of his works that I've read, from Incredible Hulk comics to Star Trek novels to even original Marvel prose novels have always been very fun reads, and his close association with the character of Hulk made me really interested in reading his Hulk novelizations and that expanded to his Iron Man novelization, which came between. But now, I'm moving on to David's novelizations of the three Spider-Man films because I have a real desire to see if really there's more to Spider-Man 3 than what ended up on screen, and. My OCD is making me want to read parts 1 and 2 first, but I'm reading these based solely on David's name on the spine, not for David being one of the premier Spider-Man writers. When I think of classic Spider-Man writers, David's name doesn't come to mind. He did write the wonderful Death of Gene DeWolf saga of Spider-Man comics that I've read several times over the years, but... While those comics have become fan favorites, even getting a Diamond Minimates set earlier this year, its commercial history is more muddled, causing David to not work on many, if any, other Spider-Man projects. Still, David is a longtime go-to Marvel writer and that gives him familiarity with the entire Marvel Universe, and of course, the Marvel Universe's single most popular character is Spider-Man, so I was really looking forward to seeing what David could bring to supplement Sam Raimi's film based on David Cove's screenplay. And Peter David did not disappoint. I will say, just as I did with David's two Hulk novelizations and his Iron Man novelization, that by and large, David's novelized adaptation of Spider-Man is entirely faithful to Raimi's film. Dialogue is often word for word the same on page and on screen, and the story unfolds just as it does in the movie. If you've seen Raimi's film, then you've seen the definitive version of this Spider-Man story. David takes his job as novelizer very seriously, and he doesn't overly embellish the story, add too many subplots, or change any major plot points. That said, from a strictly technical aspect, I was fascinated by the approach David took in adapting such a visual film as Spider-Man. Spider-Man uses so many conventions that are specific to the film medium from the Peter Parker voiceover to several montages to effectively tell an enormous story that includes the origin stories of two super beings, a love triangle, and several action set pieces. And to try to take that and put it into prose form would be a daunting task for anyone. You could either brute force it and just explain everything that happens, or as David did, try to find a more artful solution. Because David, rather than just using straight prose to replicate these film methods, actually adapts them fairly literally in ways that vary in literary style and kept the book fast-paced and interesting to read. I've noticed in his three previous movie novelizations, Ang Lee's Hulk and Marvel Studios' Incredible Hulk and Iron Man, that David loves to include segments of the action from a first-person perspective. And it worked better in some of those books than others, but here may be his most imaginative use of that yet, with David finding a way to tie in a first-person viewpoint of Peter Parker with the voiceover narration seen in the Spider-Man movie. Much to my surprise, the opening and closing monologues Peter gives in the film are in this book and David does this in a creative way, by having Peter Parker talk to dead people. If you think about it, Peter's life is filled with loss. His parents are obviously dead, something the new film's going to focus even more on as he lives with his aunt and uncle. But then Uncle Ben dies and that provides him the motivation to sacrifice his own happiness for the rest of his life. While these deaths obviously impact Peter's life, really, we don't see him mourn too often, either in the films, the comics, or the cartoons. But in this novel, David shows that the deaths of his loved ones is always with Peter. And the opening and closing narration? That's Peter at Uncle Ben's grave explaining to his deceased uncle how he has finally learned the lesson of with great power comes great responsibility. Now, it is a bit of a stretch. David keeps the dialogue the same as the film so we get lines like who am I, you sure you want to know, and who am I, I'm Spider-Man. It seems an odd sort of coy question to ask your dead uncle, but I do admire the way David did it in the book. But more, throughout the book David uses a very similar technique. After the prologue with Spider-Man at Uncle Ben's grave with a quick action piece thrown in to give Spidey something to do right off the bat, David has the first chapter of the book be Peter Parker as a very young boy going to live with his Aunt May and Uncle Ben Parker. Peter's only four years old, so he doesn't really understand death or what's happening, why he's going to his aunts and uncles, and that he's really there forever. And we get to see Uncle Ben bonding with the boy, and in trying to help young Peter cope with the death of his parents, Ben gives Peter a journal in which he can write letters for his parents to read in heaven, being only four. Uncle Ben transcribes young Peter's letters at first, then, throughout his entire life, this type of journaling, letters addressed to his dead parents, continued. So throughout this entire novel, we get several passages from Peter's journal. This allows David to give us Peter's perspective and emotions on any situation, and they're used to great effect. Early ones help make up for the lack of montage style that books don't have, as Peter journals about his attempts to learn his web powers. There are also very powerful emotional passages, such as the one that goes on for several pages, telling of Peter dealing with both the death of his uncle and his role in the death of Uncle Ben's killer, with Peter admitting to his parents he'll never know himself if he was unable to save the man as he fell from the window, or if he just didn't want to. But these journals are also sometimes used for comedic effect, one of David's strengths. After his upside down kiss with Mary Jane in the alley, we get a quick journal, Dear Mom and Dad, Please disregard previous letter. I'm having wonderful time, wish you were here. I love these glimpses into Peter's character motivation and there are plenty. It really helps to get you to root for this character. The movie is able to do it with whiz-bang visuals, effects, and Spider-Man's carefree woohoo yell. The book can't do that, so it uses this tact to great effect. And I really wonder if David's going to continue to use it in his next two novels. I really hope he does. And what's great about these is as Peter grows stronger, his confidence grows, and the more Mary Jane is interested in him, the more the press harps on him, the more his inner thoughts are prideful and self-centered. I think this was likely accidental by David. Spider-Man is the titular character, so it makes sense for the thoughts shown to be about that character. But what's funny is, Reading this in a post-Spider-Man 3 world, it's almost as if we can see the seeds being sown of Peter's arrogance that will cause his eventual breakup with Mary Jane in a couple of years. I can't wait to see how Peter David handles that one. We're also given glimpses into other characters' motivations. One of David's strengths in his previous novels is his desire to make sense of the nonsensical, at least as much as he can. When adapting scenes from a movie, David sees all the things that don't quite make sense, such as why the Green Goblin just leaves a dazed Spider-Man on a rooftop, or why Norman Osborn decides to use himself as a human guinea pig. There are nice additions of logic that I greatly appreciate. Also, David really drives home the theme of this movie. This movie's an origin story of how puny Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man, but in the movie, that transition happens with the bite of a spider and the donning of a costume. Peter David takes it a step further though. Becoming Spider-Man isn't putting on an outfit, it isn't having the power to climb walls, it's the responsibility and the inner strength that makes Spider-Man special. It took me a while to realize what David was doing, because during many scenes where Spider-Man is in full outfit, David refers to him in the prose as Peter. And I thought that was a really odd choice, to talk about Peter swinging from building to building instead of saying Spider-Man. But it all comes together at the end, during the final fight where the Goblin, and Peter are going at it in the abandoned building, and David makes it very clear when Spider-Man is truly born. And he wasn't born in a bite, he was born in a fight, finally taking the stand to stop Gobby from hurting anyone further. It's tremendous. Sam Raimi, in his film, seem to love to bring to life the world of the Spider-Man comic books, littering the screen with dozens of characters from the comics, from J. Jonah Jameson to Flash Thompson to Betty Brandt, plus mentions of others like Doc Connors and Eddie Brock. While a filmmaker can include cameos of such characters and viewers enjoy the fun, in novel form, David seems to have decided that Peter Parker and Norman Osborn can't be the only characters with arcs in this story. So David spends quite a bit of time in the book also developing the characters of Harry Osborn, Mary Jane Watson, J. Jonah Jameson, and several others. When watching the film, I, as a Spider-Man fan, was just so caught up in the joy of it that I didn't step back and realize that, yeah, Mary Jane's kind of a flat character. It's introduced in the movie that she comes from an unhappy home and that she's trying and failing to be an actress, but mostly she's an object of desire and a damsel in distress. David tries to add to that, giving us more scenes of Mary Jane's abusive father and horrible home life, telling us that she was forced to date Flash by her father, who saw in Flash a kindred Neanderthal spirit who would keep his daughter in line, possibly through his fists. And eventually, David shows us how Mary Jane changes as a character through the time she's put in peril, ending with a very clumsy scene of Mary Jane confronting her abusive father once and for all. I do like the attempt to give Mary Jane her own personality. She is one of my favorite characters of the Spider-Man supporting characters. But the last scene between Mary Jane and her father felt so rushed and tacked on that it just didn't quite work for me. David also makes Harry Osborne more than just a friend-slash-competitor for Mary Jane's affections. David has a dialogue scene between Flash and Harry, back in high school, where Harry explains how he and Peter became friends, which also helps to explain it to the audience, because watching the movie it seemed that Peter was pretty friendless in high school, and I always wondered how Harry, who was rich and seemingly more attractive and more athletic, would come to be Peter's friend. It was an odd exception but Harry in the film is also a bit of an enigma. There is a line said from Harry that he went after MJ because Peter seemed he'd never make a move, but going after your best friend's girl is a bit of a low blow, and the entire love triangle is a bit questionable from an ethical standpoint. Was Harry right to date MJ and not tell Peter? Was Peter right to romance MJ and kiss her as Spider-Man knowing she was dating his best friend? As the movie's called Spider-Man, we want to see Peter get the girl, but if you look at it from a distance, it's not so clear. David puts us far more clearly on Peter's side by showing Harry as a bit of a manipulator. From the early scenes in high school, it's shown that Harry has designs on MJ, but knows Flash is an obstacle, and Harry actually encourages Peter to talk to MJ on the field trip just to gauge a reaction to see if he, Harry, has a chance. Then later. We see how Harry and MJ start dating and it's because MJ went to the apartment Peter shares with Harry, she was looking for Peter, but Peter was out web-swinging so she talks to Harry, and Harry uses information Peter gave him to seduce Mary Jane, just as he did in the science lab, but in the science lab he was just dropping bits of spider trivia, it seemed non-offensive. But in this new scene, Harry's talking to MJ about her abusive family, pretending he can relate and that he was intuitive enough to just figure it out, when what Harry's really doing is dropping observations that Peter made to Harry in private. This is a clear betrayal and shows that Harry is using Peter's words to lure Mary Jane. And that shows even more clearly Harry's a jerk and Mary Jane should be with Peter, who originated all these words. But this is another trade-off. It does make Peter's play for MJ feel more right, good, heroic. But it also makes Peter's friendship with Harry less honest, and so it makes less of an impact when Harry calls Peter his only family at the end of the book. But while those two were good, I really didn't care for David shoehorning a character arc in for J. Jonah Jameson. In the movie, he's introduced just as a grumpy boss about halfway through the film, but in the novel, we see him much earlier as a frenemy of Norman Osborn. They hang out at the same rich guy club and discuss how the Bugle is losing money in this modern media age. It's Osborn that tells Jameson he needs a great story and a great villain to spur newspaper sales and it's what Jameson finds in Spider-Man. And we get plenty of internal dialogue with JJJ about if he should lionize or vilify Spider-Man and it ends in a scene near the end of the book that's taken straight from the comics, with Jameson admitting to himself, if not to anyone else, that he hates Spider-Man for being the hero Jameson himself could never be. This scene's a great nod to the comic book origins and gives Jameson some motivation, and I remember this as being a really powerful comic book issue, where after years, or maybe even decades, of Jameson hunting Spider-Man, we find the real reason for Jameson's motivation is envy. But in the book, It's so shoehorned in and out of the blue, it's not inspired by any action not seen in the film, that this powerful scene in the comics ended up completely not working for me in the novel. And also, not working for me is David's need to make even Flash Thompson a character with an impact. In the movie, Flash Thompson is forgotten at the end of high school. MJ dumped him and he's never thought of again. David seems to feel that Flash needs to have more reason for being in this book than just being an early antagonist for Peter. So later in the book, we get to actually see the scene of MJ during her audition for the soap opera that she later vents to Peter about. But in David's novel, MJ aces the audition, but the casting director just so happens to be Flash Thompson's aunt. MJ being told to get acting lessons is Flash's final revenge on the girl who dumped him on graduation day. And to me, I preferred MJ just not being a good actress. It certainly fits better with what's going to happen to her in the later films. But the absolute worst addition of all to this book, and this one's really painful for me, has to be Uncle Ben's. In the movie, we see Uncle Ben drive Peter to the library in Manhattan from their home in Queens, and he drops Peter off thinking Peter's gonna go study in the library when in fact he's sneaking to the wrestling match. Now, I never asked myself what Uncle Ben did while Peter went and wrestled. Did he go to a bar? Shopping? A Times Square strip club? Who knows? But what I figured is Peter was only gone for a couple of hours, which is certainly not enough time for Ben to drive in New York City traffic back home to Queens and then back to Manhattan to pick up Peter. But in David's novel, that's exactly what he did. And more, When at home, he turned on the TV and watched the wrestling match where the human spider fought Bonesaw McGraw. It was improbable, illogical, and pointless. It added a few ironic lines of dialogue as Aunt May and Uncle Ben commented on the wrestling match, unaware their beloved nephew was in it, but it didn't add anything to the characters of the story. Just a sad moment when Ben leaves to go pick Peter up and May feels a cold chill, a premonition of things to come. But for those bad things, there are a lot of fun bits David adds in as well. Spider-Man is a movie so chock full of characters from the comics, I couldn't believe more could be added. But Peter David adds references to Liz Allen, it turns out she was the nerdy girl who wouldn't let Peter sit next to her on the school bus. Dr. Henry Pym is a contemporary of Oscorp's Dr. Strom, Daredevil's dad battling Jack Murdock cameos along with a phone call to his son Matt, talking about a swinging Daredevil, Dr. Connors is seen, not just mentioned, and he's carrying a lizard in a cage, and there's even an oblique reference to a hulk causing damage in New Mexico. But in my favorite passage of the book, David gets to poke a little fun at the old trope of alliteration in comic characters' names. It comes about two-thirds of the way from the book, when Jameson is making up a name for the Green Goblin. But Green Goblin, Peter said "We can protest. It sounds so... We have to make the name more memorable, and nothing makes people remember a name like alliteration, J. Jonah Jameson said. Do you really think so? Peter Parker asked the nearest bystander. I wouldn't know, Robbie Robertson commented. Then J.J.'s secretary, Betty Brandt, informed him that he had a conference call with noted scientists Bruce Banner and Reed Richards. It's a subtle type of humor that... In- involves a lot of different characters from the Marvel Universe and yet gets to kind of jab it a little too. I love it. Plus there are homages to the creators of Spider-Man as well. David uses police officers named Ditko, Lieber, Owsley, and DeFalco. David gets meta with his references as well. In the early chapter where Peter is being taken in, young Peter makes up a story that his parents are spies working against the Red Skull. Another thread taken from the Amazing Spider-Man comic books, a nice reference shown as the imagination of a four-year-old who reads too many Captain America comics. David also references how Norman Osborn thought Oscorp's wheelchair-bound board member Mr. Fargus looked like, quote, that professor character from that mutant movie. And the meta-references even extend outside of Marvel Comics lore, as David has Harry Osborn reading Interview with a Vampire, and MJ says she saw the movie and the little girl creeped her out. As she did me, MJ. As she did me. But my two biggest revelations from this book come from the very end. If you've heard Now Playing's review of Spider-Man, you heard Stuart and I discuss the scene near the end where a group of New Yorkers stand up and stop the Goblin from killing Spider-Man. I thought it was such a perfect scene coming so close after 9-11, and Stewart wondered if that scene was an added shoot done after 9-11. Well, I still have no definitive proof, but in addition to the Blu-ray bonus features indicating it was in the original pre-9-11 shooting schedule, this novel includes that scene as novelizations are often written a year or more before the film's release, based only on the shooting script, hence why novelizations often differ so much from the final movie, this also seems to support that that scene was always intended to be part of the film, and not just a smaltzy post 9-11 edition. And that makes sense. In a movie, where one of the major threads is if New York will turn against Spider-Man as the Goblin predicts. You really need a scene where Spider-Man was seen as the hero, where the New Yorkers who have vilified him and tried to arrest him come together to defend him. That this movie just so happened to come a few months after New Yorkers banded together like never before was just a coincidence that was felt by many audience members including myself. But what isn't in the book is also important. I heard during the director's commentary of Spider-Man, that Norman Osborn's dying line, Don't tell Harry, was an on-set ad-lib by Willem Dafoe. And what an important line that is, thank God Dafoe did it, because it explains why Peter hides the identity of the Goblin and returns Norman to his bed, right? Well, since it wasn't in the original shooting script, it's not in the book. And what a huge leap it is that David has to write, explaining how Peter, on his own, decides to hide Norman's identity to protect Harry. The book almost pulls it off, because we're in Peter's head, we're given his thoughts, but on screen, that action would have been stupefying. Those three little words, don't tell Harry, fix everything, and it's a shame the book didn't get that memo. Overall, Peter David's novelization of Spider-Man is a very fun read. It did deepen my understanding and appreciation of the movie, it made me see scenes and characters in a different light and explore their motivations like I never had before. It's not groundbreaking, but I certainly recommend it to any fan of the Spider-Man movies, especially now as we're gearing up for our next big Marvel movie, The Amazing Spider-Man. And in two weeks, I'll be back with my review of Peter David's novelization of Spider-Man 2. And that is our show for this week. Thank you for listening. A couple quick hits. First of all, don't forget to vote in our fantastic forum poll on what your favorite action figure Marvel line is. And also, while you're voting, Diamond is having a vote where you get to choose the figures in their 10th anniversary set of mini mates. They have a whole bunch of characters out there you can vote between Banshee, Gladiator, Black Knight 2, Winter Soldier, and you can help choose. What is in that next set of mini mates? And finally, we had a contest that we announced previously where if you take a photo of yourself in a Walmart using that VR app with one of the characters, you could win a grab bag of swag. Well, congrats to Luke Carpenter, took pictures with Hulk thor and iron man and a walmart you win the grab bag so drop us an email at show at marvelicious toys.com with your address and we'll get that out to you sometime before comic-con or maybe after and it may even have some comic-con swag
3: Ooh, (laughs) nice wish i was eligible
2: (laughs) you're going to comic-con you'll get your own swag
3: (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) well guys that was an action-packed show
2: I can't wait for next week. We have so much more to talk about, like that Hulk you were talking about. Plus, I splurged a little bit at this off-the-beaten-path toy store up in Seattle, and I want to get Jerry with us to talk about a timely review that I picked up up there. Interesting cliffhanger. So until
0: next time, true collectors, make mine Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Podcast enhancement by Barrett. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Announcements by Brock. The marvelous theme song, Bam, Pow, Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash mouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at swactionnews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.
2: why Harry Dean Stanton is in the movie.
1: It wasn't a cameo or a job?
2: It was a cameo, but...
1: Uh, I think it was a job with Harry Dean Stanton. in it. No,
2: it's a cameo. It Harry is? Dean Stanton's a classic. You think? Repo Man, Alien. That's all I gotta say. 16 Candles. Okay, there you go. No, I, I thought it mm. was
1: a job.
3: Not 16 Candles. Pretty in pink.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't like Molly Ringwald. She's a ginger.
2: <laughs> Yet you like Scar Jo in She's not ginger a hair. Ginger. <laughs>
1: Spider-Man doesn't need speakers or sneakers.
2: Marjorie, I've got a place in here for your nail polish. Got mm. a place in here for the, uh, ru- the the rubber bracelet stuff you found. Mm. Oh, you want my pictures? Yes. Um, I don't have a place in here for Avengers the Porn Parody. <sighs> is it good? Haven't watched it yet. <laughs> There's a sex-free version for Puritans like me. There is? <laughs> Where you just get the story.
3: (laughs) As compelling as that must be.
1: (laughs) I cannot wrap my head around that.
2: Yeah, most of these parodies come with a sex-free version.
1: I did not know that.
2: It's it's seven minutes long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But aren't they still supporting the evil porn?
2: Yes, yes we are. And porn ruins lives. We were on a road trip to Dallas. I think it was like our first trip to Dallas, and we are deep in the Bible Belt driving through Mississippi. And there's this huge sign, black with all white letters, all caps, and all it says is PORN RUINS LIVES. And then you go up another mile, and there's one of those trucker (laughs) places. (laughs) (laughs) So some truckers driving a Big Red, got (laughs) him. Oh, good, an adult boutique. Oh, it ruins lives. Yes, I got (laughs) to hold it.
3: You know, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) Thanks, Billboard.